You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. No, I'm Nick. And mate, the Bombers list for 2023 is starting to take shape. It's not quite there yet, uh, with the expectation that uh, Jaden Davey will be put on the long-term injury list and the SSP player would be selected. Uh, but at the moment, uh, we pretty much have a fair idea of what our uh, playing list will be for 2023. Yeah, absolutely, Jan. Um, and I guess with that, because uh, I believe there's still a couple of list spots left, uh, so it might be the case we take an SSP um, and uh, you know, potentially look at that mid-season draft again uh, in the mid-year, so hold a, hold a spot over. Till then, with uh, Jaden Davey going on the LTI, so it's um yeah, I guess pretty exciting. There's been some uh, names bandied about there. They're all seem like uh, yeah, they're obviously talented players, but whether they can make it at the level uh, is is left to be seen. Um, and we've had some pretty good success with uh, SSPs and mid-season draft, mate. Uh, yeah, you think of Durham and Martin, um, yeah, Snelling, obviously. So. Seem to uh, do all right there, mate. So, um, yeah, who knows what we'll pick out. Yeah, well, I read um, that our list spots were full, but maybe I'm wrong on that. But if, you know, we're definitely, you know, uh, the theory is that Jaden will definitely spend a year out to give us some flexibility. Um, if there is that second spot, then obviously, you know, I know we've got a th- uh, three players that, that are of note that are training on that, uh, you know, on the invite, um, which is, uh, I think it's Mitch Szybowski, who's come from um, Standing on Stingrays. Um, mm. He's actually ranked in the top, you know, 30 odd uh, for the national draft, mate, and somehow got overlooked. Um, so, you know, he got added late to our invite list and he'll be worth having a look at. Um, it was, uh, it was, which is the Maguire, I think he's a, he's from WA and I think he's a, uh, you know, a ruck forward kind of play. Yeah, I think the difference with him is more of a forward ruck. Um, so, like, got a good aerial presence about him. I think, what, 194 centimetres, but he's, uh, you know, judging by from the highlights, and I guess that's all we've got to go off, he's got a real leap on him and, uh, you know, can take some good grabs, uh, which is, uh, I suppose, pretty exciting. Uh, by all reports, not the quickest bloke going around. Um, but, uh yeah, certainly uh, another option as a, a damaging forward uh, isn't a bad one. Certainly, and and at that age, I think it's his spot. Uh, I can't remember if he's 21 already, maybe, James. Yeah, um, I think he's around that 21-year-old. Yeah, so still got a, a few years uh, to develop. Uh, worth having a look at, uh, you'd like to think. Um, but that Zabowski, he, um, he's one that definitely sounds like he's got a bit of a, uh, a point of difference in that, like an inside mid. Um, but looks to make uh, you know, good choices with ball in hand and has a defensive mindset. So, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, and you don't know why other clubs um, went off him. You know, there's, there's some people talking about that he, he's not as flashy as other players, doesn't have the, you know, you know, the really good tricks that, um, you know, some uh, players, players have, but a solid contributor. Um, for more reports and, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah, get him in a um, professional environment, give him half a sniff and he uh, might really 
you know, turn it on, turn it around, show us professionalism. Um, because certainly, Jane, uh, you can't have a shortage of, uh, you know, good footy players. Um, you know, even if he doesn't have, you know, elite speed or anything like that, um, you know, good users of the footy that aren't afraid of a tackle. Um, yeah, certainly welcome uh, on the list because it's uh, definitely been the, um, you know, the outlier rather than the norm at the Essendon Footy Club. Yeah, and uh, yeah, from the highlights, again, that's all we can go on. We don't go on much weekly, but um, yeah, really fierce tackler, um, which I think we both agree is uh, certainly uh, something we'd like to add to our list is have some players that can you know, have the ability to hold tackles and you know, put that pressure on players. Um, because I think sometimes, you know, we lunge at players that try and tackle but don't actually hold them. So, yeah, yeah um, that'd be worth looking at. And I think the uh, young, well, the Bulldogs player, uh, I think he's young. I think he's, uh, I can't remember his first name, but young from uh, from the Bulldogs, who was the halfback wanker, um, you know, who, who played for um, Southport last year and you know, did very well up in Queensland. Um, he was the first player invited, so... Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see you know, how that unfolds. Um, as I said, this time last year, no one had heard of Nick Martin. Um, and we saw, you know, what a profound, uh, you, know, uh, you know, impact he had on our list once he got his opportunity. So, mm. um, yeah, no longer should we look at SSP players, sorry, just coming on board and making up your list. They can, you know, if given opportunity and they've got the right work ethic, um, to make a real difference. Absolutely, mate. Um, oh, it's Brad Lynch from the, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, oh, Brad Lynch, I've got that totally wrong. <laughs> no, no, well, he's, he's, he's still young. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, that's the thing, James. Um, I guess that's the great opportunity we've got um, up until, what is it, February or so, we've got to, um, yeah. Yeah, well, I think I remember um, uh, Tex and, Nick Martin, not getting told, you know, probably about a week or two before the season starts. So it's, mm. um, yeah, they can leave it really, really late. And um, who knows, with Essendon's luck, um, there's a fair chance for a few more long-term injuries yet. Um, <laughs> and them all. But, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, I guess uh, before we go into the draft, I, I guess we have to talk about some uh, injuries that we've heard um, just in the past week or two. We've had, you know, Zach Reed. um you know, apparently has some stress in the back. Um, mm. The club seems to want his stress. It's not a stress fracture, but um, <laughs> Thanks, uh, there's some stress in the back. And, um, yeah, look, at yeah, he's had a wretched run, um, you know, third season now on the on the list or yep. going into his third season. And, yeah, he's uh, had a struggle to keep him away from that injury room. Has, mate. Um, yeah, he had that... Uh... That uh, yeah, fever that took him out for uh, that, that first year, and then uh, yeah, injury sidelined him last year. So Darren uh, was he was looking fit, um, but you know it's one of those things with the these young blokes, James. That um, what is he about two hundred and three centimeters? As yeah, it I is, think, oh, somebody quoted two hundred four. So like yeah, it's getting that was probably Andrew yeah. Dodoro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably added a couple of centimeters. But I mean. Still, like, um, we certainly need that height. Uh, you know, last year it was interesting. You know, he got back and, uh, you know, 
we kind of loaded him up forward as well. Yep. But yeah, he's clearly lacking in um you have body strength against seasoned AFL players that you know he's still very lean even though he would have put on weight from his draft year. Mm. Um yeah, I think uh yeah, at least the only thing is if he doesn't get on the park, he can still focus on building that, you know, upper body strength. Yeah. Um, which will keep him in good state. Good step, but um, mm. yeah, I guess when you have a tall player that you know is always injured, you always your mind casts back to Scott Gumbleton, and yeah. um, maybe that's unfair on Zach, you know. But uh, yeah, it does make you a tad nervous. Yeah, it does. But I mean, it's it's one of those things, Jane, where you know they grow so fast at such a young age. Um, yeah, a bit different to us, mate. Um, yeah, about thirty centimeters of difference almost, but um, you know, it's um, um, one of those things. You just take a, a long term look, and obviously, it's not great for him. He, he looks pretty shattered from the uh, the pictures uh, we saw, and thanks to those blitzes, they get along to training and, and give us the reports. That's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, it's uh, yeah, we just take the long term view. Um, you know, we've seen it happen, you know, plenty of times before, you know, um, Ridley, of course, had that year out, the uh, stress factors. Um, so, you know, it has been known to to happen to uh, you know, players of a taller arrangement. Um, you know, hopefully the, the club is doing the righty by him and making sure they uh, they manage him as best can be so uh, he can get back as soon as possible. I think they're taking a fairly cautious approach. Um, you know, and just, you know, managing his loads at least up until Christmas um, and then seeing how things go from there. Um, I'm not sure if it's doom and gloom. He's going to miss a season or whatever from this stage, but I guess he's a wait and see. Well, the official line out of the club is that um, they hope to have him back after the Christmas break, but uh, I've heard that before. Yeah. They, um yeah, we'll see how he goes, but let's hope for Zach's case, um, you know, it is just a, a small mishap. Mm. Um, now, I guess more troubling too also was, um, you know, the reports of Jake Stringer hasn't been able to shake that uh, problem he's had, uh, you know, with groin and, and so forth. And, mm. you know, uh, there's been a few comments on the condition he's come back in. Um, but, you know... I still think he's one of our most important players to have on the park. Yeah. Um, so let's hope that's small term as well, um, you know, short term as well, because um, we certainly need Jake out there. You, know, you, you talk about points of difference, mate. He's, he's a huge point of difference in the uh, impact he can have in games for us. Yeah, he absolutely is. And, you know, just prior to, to this week, um, again, there were some photos from some of the blitzers out there and, he actually wasn't looking that bad. Like, uh, I don't know, like, wasn't looking that bad isn't a, a huge endorsement. Um, but, um, like, he seemed, uh, yeah, to be you know, running fairly well. Um, however, he has uh, picked up or niggled this injury again, um, which is unfortunate. And as I say, Jane, we just hope he rests up. Um, but also, more than that, I guess, you know, not only just rest up, but, um, can maintain uh, his weight and doesn't blow out over the Christmas period. Uh, that's obviously a bit of a, a worry uh, with Jake. Um, 
you know, and it's easy for us to cast stones. I'm, I'll probably blow it out a bit, Jane. Um, but um, you know, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm a, yep. yeah, but I'm not a professional athlete. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, so it's a bit of a difference there. So let's hope, um, you know, he can keep his mind, uh, you know, with a with a thought towards on-field performance for 2023, and uh, yeah, perhaps less so on a bit of Christmas pud. Yeah, no, like I said, Jake's still. Probably my favourite player to watch when he's on, you know, when he's on tune. Um, you know, as I said, a few players at Essendon can have the same impact in games as him, uh, mm. but he needs to be, you know, give himself the best opportunity to play at the best, you know, at his best ability. Um, other injuries, mate, we've heard about. Yeah, uh, Nick Cox. Um, yep. Yeah, apparently. Uh, looked to do a bit of a bit of an ankle, I think it was. Um, yeah, went off uh, the ground, but you know he wasn't in ice or anything like that. Wasn't wearing a moon boot. Um, seemed to be you know walking fairly well. So perhaps it was just a bit of a sprain, and and the club again just taking a uh, uh, you know cautious approach and um, easing him back into training. So I think he's he's all right. Bit of an injury scare because he's certainly one that uh, you know needs more training. Um, yeah, to stand up to those physical rigors on the park. Um, I mean, yeah, realistically, he's he's potentially one who probably could do um, with a bit less time on his feet and and more just yeah, working out his upper body. Um, I mean, obviously you have you have to have both, but he's he's so slim, James. Um, uh, that even though he's he's got that height and um, that running power, <clears throat> if you're getting bumped off the ball. <clears throat> Pardon me, too easy. Um, uh, you know, he's he's out of the contest before he he sort of starts. So, um, yeah, fortunate that he uh, didn't sustain an injury there. Um, yeah, just hope they uh, lock him in the in the gym over Christmas and yeah, don't let him out until he's put on a couple of kilos. Yeah, well, like I said, I think it's going to be yeah good that the club's focusing on development and yeah. You know, uh, I think that'll be very interesting to see, you know, what impact that has on our young list, mm. uh, and you know, whether we'll see it uh, in the short to mid term or long term uh, development of our players, which has long been discussed as a real talking point. Mm. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, seeing some of these players that you know have struggled to put seasons together. Um, to use an old word from um, John Worsfold to see what learnings they can get out of this and <laughs> maybe um, you know take their game to another level, or at least their understanding of the game to another level. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. But um, let's get back to the draft, mate. Uh, you know, I think uh, we go back to draft night, night one. Of course. Uh, yeah. We got pick, pick four, which eventually becomes five after the Ashcroft beat. Bit, yep. sorry. Um, now we heard a lot of offers were given for that live pick, which was kind of seen as the first live pick, um, considering most people knew who North and GWS were going to select. Yeah. Um, so it, it seemed like we were discussing, you know, Philippu and uh, also Sardis um, between, you know, would. We seem to have penciled them down to the last two. Yep. And 
like I could understand why the club was exploring um, potentially trading down. Um, mm. If I think they were going to go the Philippe option, they they possibly would have done that. Yeah. But um, I just think the offers that came in, even though like Melbourne's one sounded tempting, you know, three first round picks, which sounds great. Um, but then when you looked at the positioning of those picks, you know, um, you, know you very rarely do you get top five drop. Uh, Top five draft picks, yep. um, and ge- yeah, generally the cream is at the top, isn't it, mate? So, um, yeah, yeah, you had a decision to make, and I really endorse what the club did there. Mm. I think uh, it was a really smart decision because, as I said, you don't get these opportunities very often, um, so you've just got to take, a, yeah, what you can get, and I think that was a really good uh, choice. And yeah, Asadis looks like a real um, difference maker. Um, you know, real pace, you know, to get out of trouble. But more importantly, also, he's got pace and it can find the footy. Uh, so many times you hear about players with pace and them being outside runners and so mm-hmm. forth. Yep. This kid knows how to find the footy. Uh, you know, he won the best of Barris off six games, which yeah. is uh, just unbelievable. Um, yeah. Some of these averages are like 36 disposals, 34 disposals, like, Massive amount of footy and, uh, you know, any knock on his um, uh, kicking, which obviously no players universal, um, you know, adored. There's always some knock on, on them. I, I don't. I think it's overblown, the concerns there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he seems to have a fairly, uh, you yeah, know, solid motion there. I mean, Again, we can only tell what we've we've seen on the on the tapes, and of course you're gonna you know, <laughs> um you know run the tape where he's hitting the targets all the time. But he seems a fairly solid kick, um, and even in the training videos we've seen, um, seems to be hitting his targets. And um, yeah, I like that he's got a, a bit of a burst of pace, and as you say, Jane, like that ability to find the footy, um, but then to also have the the smarts to use it well, um. That'll absolutely be a, a point of difference for us. Um, and he seems to, like, obviously he's slight of build at the moment, but he seems to have a, a fairly good frame on him, um, like that sort of broad chest. You could see him developing into a, um, a bigger-bodied uh, midfielder. Um, but he he won't be the type that, uh, you know, is in and under the pack um, with handballs. He's more that player that, you know, like you could see a like a Mercedes or something like that dishing the ball out to him. Uh, obviously, yeah, I'm talking types of players. Um, yeah, you know, he, he's a bit off his um, uh, off his best for now. But um, like get the ball to him, and then that burst speed away to get out of the pack, out of dodge, um, which I think is probably what they wanted Andrew McGrath to be. Um, that sort of player who can uh, use his uh, that burst of pace to get out of dodge and then use the ball well. Um, I just don't think that's Andrew McGrath's natural game. He's far more suited as a defender, whereas, you know, this young kid, Sardis, um, that seems to really be his game. Um, and as you say, Jane, like, it's not every year you get a top five pick and and certainly, like, in terms of quality, um, like, that top five seemed to be, um, like, there, there'd be a... Probably a, a noticeable drop, um, you know, outside of that, um, and certainly those offers uh, that were coming in, they were outside of the top ten, 
uh, we would have been unlikely to get Philippou with those picks. Um, yeah, perhaps if a, if an offer came in, you know, to you know trade down to like pick eight or or something like that, you know, pick pick nine, ten, maybe um, we could have entertained it. But um, yeah, the difference between a top ten pick getting your your chosen player and Sardis or Philippou, um, yeah, it would have been too uh, too big of a risk. So, um, nah, same with you, mate. Absolutely back the club in there. I reckon, uh, yeah, we might have picked up a beauty here. Yeah, uh, it should be good. And, like, again, um, it's a catch-cry word these these days, like the point of difference. And, um, yeah, when you look at the players that we have, uh, his point of difference is that burst of speed. Um, you know, we probably don't have, like, you know, you've got your Hobbs and Perkins and, you know, potentially Cox, you know, we still don't know what kind of player he'll grow to be. Mm. Um, but, you know, I can see why the club, you know, wanted that point of difference. Um, yep. You know, as the midfield develops, uh, you know, he could be a, a real, um, a real, you know, top-class player to have uh, bursting out of the middle. And, you know, from all reports, mate, it looks like he's got one of those famous numbers of the club, uh, number five, you Yeah, absolutely. Brett Stanton, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's a, like, uh, I think yeah, there's not much bigger honour than we're number five at uh, Essendon. Um, mm. And, you know, I think yeah, it's a real endorsement that how far the club thinks this kid can go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we should say as well, he, he's, a, he's a decent size, 187 centimetres. Um so I'll certainly stand out among our, our, our uh, yeah, midget brigade. If we we'll start of the draft, he's 182. But um, they, <laughs> <like, laughs> no, no, from all reports, I've actually seen some photos, mate. Only at training, mm. so you can actually see, you know, he certainly is that 186, at least 187 centimeters. But he he does tower over some of the shorter players. Mm. So yeah, you're right, mate. It's um. Another a good thing to have in that midfield. Mm. Uh, then we'll, for the rest of that draft night, mate, um, I think a lot of us had our, our fingers and toes and you know nearly all extremities crossed that um, you know, we wouldn't get any bids on you know, the Davy boys early mm. so we could get that second pick and probably more so on Moncara as well. Like... So I don't know about you, mate. I just felt nervous for most of the draft, just waiting to hear a name I didn't want to hear read out. Yep. But uh, on night two, we saw um, we our second selection still available to us, and you know it was going to be interesting which way the club went. Uh, but we we decided to go with the defender, mate, and uh, Lewis Hayes, who. Um, yeah, you know, by reports has been given the number eighteen, mate. So another big Jones. Um, mm. and he looks like he, you know, a, a bit like uh, I've seen comments about Fletcher and so forth with the red hair and the slim build. But um, you know, I think you know, bearing in mind uh, with the you know Zach Reed injury as well, uh, it was a good decision to go down that route to um to draft a two hundred plus centimeter defender. Absolutely, mate. And um, he's another one where, you know, and 
you know, everything's all speculation, really, I guess, educated speculation, but because uh, he's he's another one who, um, you know, some ranks in the in the top 20, like around that sort of 18 area of the draft, and he, uh, you know, slid to us at a big 25, would eventually uh, it ended up as. And as you say, Joe, Michael, and it was a bloody long night. Um, mm. I mean, we're saying that as as fans that, you know, are really just... Yeah, we don't have much skin in the game apart from you know, hoping we get a good player. Whereas these kids, geez, it would have been a long night, mate. Um, five minutes per pick for every <laughs> bloody pick in the draft. I reckon that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, uh, this is a bad thing about like it's good in a way that you got that trading, mm. but they've had to keep it at that five minute mark, yeah, you know, in case they want to do trades and take phone calls and so forth. Yeah, but um, gone are the days of the draft after the second round, like they were like. Literally one minute selection times or two minutes at max. Yeah. Um, that extra three minutes and you know, to go to five minutes, and as you say, I mean, nearly every club exhausted the clock on yeah. each one. Yeah. So yeah, you really yeah, you know, it did it became a really long night. You know, I enjoyed draft night, but I mean, um I was just whole time nervous about Mankara then after that mm. point, you know, yep. got a year we'd secured the Davies. Um, you know, that those bits would come. Um, if they did, that would be able to match with no problem. But Mankara, like he had to survive past pick forty. Mm. And you know, I, I just didn't know if there was a club out there that was gonna say, you know, he's a prodigious uh, champ, uh talent. Um, you know, we're gonna back our system in and um you know, you want to get try and get the kids settled, and you know he'll fall in love with the, our club. But I'm glad it never came to that. We did get him, but um, made our next pick. Uh, finally, a bid came for you know Alwyn Davy Junior. Um, it was pretty late in the night. Mm. Um, and we gladly matched and made that selection, and yeah, the boys looked pretty happy up in the. Yeah, you know, up in Northern Territory, uh, when their name got read out. Certainly did, mate. And um like you've got to say as well, uh yeah, with uh what's the name? Keynes from Sydney. He was uh yeah. oh, yeah. he yeah. was wreaking havoc on the board. Um you know, a couple of bids uh you know, before pick twenty, uh, to force the hand of, you know, the Giants and then uh what? uh yeah, the Hawks, uh, I think it was, and um <laughs> And then later on, they uh, uh, they picked a bloke who was um, on was it GWS Academy or, or the yeah. yeah, like with a pick they they traded from him. So yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I was waiting for them, like you know, seeing um, him in that kind of mood. I thought, well, he'll definitely be on Davy, but they yeah. never came. Yeah, so yeah, and that's the thing. So um, now I like. We were just kissed on the proverbial, mate. Um, mm. Like well and truly, to think that not only did we get the did we get the day you boys um, and uh, yeah, Mankara in the end, uh, but we're able to use that second pick to pick up a uh, you know, key back, which is important because you know we'd uh, tried and tested uh, Brandon Air, um, and uh, you know. Effectively, delisted both of them. Uh, yeah, we did offer Air a train on spot, um, but it seems like he's uh, 
he may be taking up an opportunity with the Saints. I'm not sure if that's official yet, Jane. That's definitely uh, not a... official, but uh, I believe there's a pretty firm offer. Yeah. So um, it looks like he'll probably make his way there eventually, mm. uh, depending if you stay out of um, injury trouble, obviously. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was uh, interesting, wasn't it, mate? How they um, they definitely uh, yeah, did. Yeah, we made they were our um, academy players, and both were discarded. Yeah, um, I probably didn't see that coming. Mm. I thought maybe uh, one or the other would stay, and I actually thought at the start of the yeah before season end that Brand was in front. Yep. But he was actually the first to be let go. And, um, yeah, I haven't really heard much about Brand being linked to any club. Like, I don't know if you've heard anything, mate. But, um, no, I certainly haven't. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, not that we should, but, like, sometimes you, when you hear that kind of stuff, you wonder about attitude and so forth because you think most clubs want those tall kids coming through. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the story is there, but... Um, yeah, I, I look at Owen Derby Jr. Looks like he's got, you know, some real talent. And, you know, uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised if he plays some senior footy. Like, I don't think he'll mm. start in the seniors, but I think, you know, potentially next year he certainly make his way into that team depending on his development. Yeah, well, he obviously played that VFL game last year and picked that nice goal and didn't look out of place. Uh, so, um, yeah, could absolutely find himself a spot at some stage um, you know, just to test it out and, and see where he's at, at least. Um, and the same thing again. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we picked up Jaden after that. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he'll be out with that long-term injury. But, uh, again, he, he seems to have some real tricks to his game. Uh, you know, we're obviously hoping that on recovery he'll, uh, you know, maintain that speed. Um, that he's been known for, um, yeah, it's obviously his uh, I think it's second, um, second is it Rico or did he? Yeah, he's done both knees. So yeah, um, yeah, he, like, uh, I think the club's just going to be very cautious with him. But yeah, there was some reports that some of the recruiters actually had him the more talented of the two. As a genuine goal sneak, yeah. Um, so yeah, prior to injuries, and I know he's had injuries last two years, so this must have been around the age of 16 they had him like that. But um, mm. yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be a good player again. That you know, in two years' time, um, we're going to be crying out for goal sneaks as we were last year, mate. And, uh, at least we've got a cut. Couple coming in this year, you know, with, um, with Tipper coming back as well, mm. um, which is fantastic news. And yeah, and then the draft ended, mate, with no bid for Mankara. And um, yeah, the rookie draft, or, or before the rookie draft started, we were told by Adrian that night that uh, Anthony Mankara was a bomber player of that night since mm. no bid was put in. Yeah, fantastic. Look, what a great outcome. Um, like, not only for the club, but for Anthony Mokara as well. I mean, obviously, he's, like, that's what he's been gunning for. Um, you know, he's, he's worked hard to, uh, you know, try and get himself 
uh, on the list. Um, you know, I think he, uh, what did he do? He bought it, um, you know, in Adelaide, um, yeah. yeah, from uh, from the territory. So he's, um, yeah, he's obviously putting a lot of work to get to where he's right now, and uh, you know, he he absolutely said it best. He goes, "It's finally here." Um, that's his, um, that's his dream. And I tell you what, mate, um, if you've been reading the training reports again from Blitz, um, and seeing the pictures, like there's this beautiful picture of Mankara and Anthony McDonald and Tip Woody, like with the big, um, like juicy grins, um, mm. yeah, with footballs in hand, and they are bloody happy to look, Jay. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and look, it's something that sorry to buddy, but I, I was just going to say something that I felt was really lacking for the club. Yeah, our indigenous representation, and I think that spoke volumes of that was Green Time. Yeah, which was almost embarrassing, you know, like compared to yeah you know, the way Richmond represented themselves in that night. Yep, and then the way we did, yeah, you know, just the, how far back we were, you know. In that realm, at least, um, you know. So, I think it's fantastic the club's gone back to, you know, being a a leader in the in the you know having some Abri- you know, Aboriginal representation, Indigenous game, and Indigenous players back on our list, uh, which you know, really brings excitement. And yeah, you know, we'd love to see. Yeah, imagine when Tippers first started, mate. Like, it just added a joy to go to the footy. And we're a club that hasn't made finals. Well, we've made finals, but yeah, hasn't won a final for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's little bits like that that we really gravitate to. You know, just that's the thing that's kind of kept us going is having these sparks. You know, where you get players that you want to come and watch uh, them play, and mm-hmm. you know, um, I think now we've got. Some real genuine excitement machines on the list. Um, you know, long may they keep us going for the footy. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and we weren't sure we were actually going to make a selection uh, in the rookie draft. You know, it seemed like. Um, I think you know the club seems to show more. Uh, yeah, or seems to have more value assessing these players. You know, over the summer, yeah. Uh, you know, and then making selections, but uh, yeah, you know, Adrian must have seen something he liked because uh, we selected Brett Montgomery. Uh, that's Brett with an R. Um, Montgomery, and he's a halfback flanker, mate. It had a striking look of uh, Bailey Dale. Yeah, he does, mate. Now uh, with that, you know, a cheeky moustache, and um, yeah, so. I know he looks like a, a promising player. Um, yeah, again, I've seen a few highlights and seems to be fairly solid uh, at that level. Whether that translates to AFL, who knows? But um, look, it, it certainly is a, an area of the ground. Um, yeah, we needed to focus on that um, sort of halfback area. Yeah, we've got guys who who can play there, but I think you know realistically, you're looking at. Uh, blokes like Heppel, um, he's no longer suited down halfback. Uh, Blake James, um, like he gets found out with pace, um, you know, more often than not. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got 
we've got Hind and um uh yeah that's that's all right but um I guess we need more defensively minded um yeah backman so if he at, at the very least provides a bit more competition for spots um that could only you know bode well for the side and who knows he might be able to you know make a fist of it so um yeah. Well, he looked like a very strong overhead um, mm. mark of the footy. Yep. Um, like, a, you know, obviously not the same calibre, but, um, you know, and not the same height, but like somebody mentioned a bit like a Tom Stewart in that he can take really strong mark in contested uh, situation. Mm. Um, and obviously <laughs> I'm aware, I'm not trying to compare it to Tom Stewart, but that was just a name brought in as a more experienced uh, player coming onto a list. He could be you know, really get a lot of benefit of um, coming in and, and has strong hands. So, um, yeah, and the fact that the club didn't instead say, come over and train with us, um, it sounds to me they didn't want to risk him being selected anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So they really, you know, made it a commitment to him that, um, you were needed in Melbourne. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, let's hope uh, this isn't one of those, uh, especially I guess the difference here um, yeah, between Rhett Montgomery and, uh, you know, a famous recruit uh, we picked up last year, 25-year-old, that you don't pick up to play twos. <laughs> uh, yeah, poor Blake. I, yeah. I, should, I shouldn't pick on him. But, um, no, he's back with Ben Rutten, uh, Garrett McDonough. Um, uh, yeah. So at least he's back in... Back in his club, that you know, that where he was selected, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm still proud of the club, uh, gave him an opportunity, but mm. you know, in a way, they didn't because even when we were at our shortest realm of uh, players available, mm. they still couldn't get him out in the park. So, yeah, again, um, yeah, I, I would say that has to go down as a miss yep. in the um, in our drafting, uh, yep. but you know, as long as we get a few right, then. It'll balance out. Yeah, that's it. So, um, well, that was our players selected as far as we knew as of now. As I said, um, there's a few to go through, um, you know, potentially or at least one um, if we do put Jaden on the um, long-term injury. So, mate, then the other thing is um, we finally appointed a CEO mm. and that was uh, Craig Bozzo, uh you know, former West Coast Eagle uh, executive and, and general manager. Um, a really smart businessman. He's, I know he's had, he's previously uh, got a lawyer's background and so forth. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I think that's a good choice. You know, I'm glad we picked someone footy related, not just business related. And yeah. he's got a lot of experience in footy and, you know, being at a big club like the Eagles, um, you know, that shouldn't be too much out of his debt for to come to the bombers. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, it's a yeah, it's great to finally um have that surety around um you know leadership of the club. Um, and as I say, like a uh yeah, a proper football selection, not a not a marketing selection. So that uh, that tells me everyone's on song with regards to the direction of the club and football first focus. Uh, certainly, what we want. So. Um, yeah, I mean, he was obviously there. The uh, yeah, recent premiership success of uh, 
worst case Eagles. Um, let's hope the uh, more recent couple of years of lack of success hasn't rubbed off him too much. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that that shows it's a bloke who's uh, yeah been able to lead the club um, yeah through thick and thin. So um, yeah, let, let's hope it's a uh, yeah good appointment for us. Yeah, well, uh, like these kind of uh, decisions, as fans, we don't always see um, the true benefits of these people. And, like, um, as much as I think we all got a little bit annoyed with Xavier, there's no doubt he did a wonderful job, you know, off the field. Mm. Probably just his footy decision-making had to be questioned, you know, when he was involved in those kind of things. But... um. Yeah, I'm more than happy with that selection and you know, hopefully we can move forward, you know, kind of know who we have part of our team for 2023, you know, on and off field. Um, and, you know, we can start and straighten up and, and head towards. So the only question now is the board. Um, mate, I've casted my votes. Um, well, my vote. Um, well, I should say votes because my daughter <laughs> is 21 is obviously a member of the club, and yeah, she said, oh, "Dad, can you help me with my choices?" So that's kind of like, "Dad, can you pick who you, who you want?" Because <laughs> she wasn't sure. So yeah, we've made our choice, and um, hopefully, you know, the club just gets people that are aligned with each other. You know, we really need that, um, you know, united group uh, to lead us through what's been a, you know, a pretty. Yeah, it had to happen, but it was definitely uh, a bit traumatic in the way that things imploded by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess all only ways up. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, we've certainly spent enough time, you know, wallowing in the uh, in the past and the gloom, James. So, uh, um, no, nah, now that we've, we've made the call, um, yeah, I can only wish... Uh, well for the club and um, hopefully we're on the right track and yeah with these new board selections it'll, it will be easy, interesting James to see uh, you know how the, the voting goes yeah. Um, yeah I think yeah we've obviously privately discussed and I think you know others would as well that generally how, it, how it's turned out is the uh, those uh, I suppose endorsed by the board or um, um the current incumbents um, of the board positions generally get up. Um, but uh, it was great to see, Jame, um, yeah, a couple of the fan podcasts, so the Sash and uh, the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast um, gave the opportunity. It was good a few uh, people going up for the board took that opportunity uh, to speak to us fans like through their platforms. Um, so great work to, uh, to Rob, uh, Scott and Grant for um for their work there and, and getting these guys on. Um I mean they obviously didn't get everyone, but certainly I heard from uh you know Andrew Muir, Paul White, uh Chris Kianta, uh Andrew Walsh and uh and Ben Dunn. Um uh yeah I can't remember if I heard any more but I, I definitely heard from um uh from those uh electees. Uh and it was great to actually um to hear these guys talk about what they think they can bring to the club and and their history with Essendon, um, so uh, yeah, I think that 
that's the real sort of fan engagement um, you want for these opportunities. I mean, obviously, a quiet board is generally a good board, but when there's elections, you want to hear from different sides. I don't want to hear what um, you know, the club's telling me to, to vote. Um, if these guys want to put their you know, best foot forward, you know, take these opportunities, speak to us fans so we can actually get to know them and uh, put consideration to uh, where our voting goes. And I guess that's a another thing. I mean, I, you know, I'm a, a great believer in democracy, Jane. Um, and, you know, even though people might think, oh, look, you know, the weight of numbers are always going to go this way. Well, you know, we've seen in, in recent history where if people think, oh, there's no way people will do that, so I won't, I won't bother voting. I mean, that's where we got you know, Donald Trump as president when, you know, only you know just over half of Americans actually voted and uh, same with Brexit. Um, so you know, two recent examples where, um, you know, democracy was enforced, but people didn't take the opportunity to vote. Um, so if, if people are interested, please do cast those votes. Um, um, yeah, for those they think are... Uh, their, their preferred candidates and uh, yeah it's a it's a good process to go through yeah well uh, let's uh have our first break mate uh, I think we got through a fair bit of stuff but there's still plenty to go including the picture and we'll come back after the break to discuss that And you're listening to Don's cast. And mate, uh, the fixture's just been released in the last few days, and we're actually ranked as having the easiest draw, mate. Uh, <laughs> believe that or not, because I always say the draws on paper and the game's not. But um, yeah, it certainly it looks a little bit more manageable than last year when we played Geelong round one. Um yeah which kind of put us on the back foot for the rest of the year after that performance. But, yeah, I, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the leading to the first few games, um, you know, we should be able to put our best foot forward, you know, uh, that round one game against Hawthorne uh, on a Sunday. That'll be interesting. And then, you know, the Gold Coast at home. Mm. Uh, followed, I think, by the Saints, mate. So, you know, three teams that didn't make the eight. Um, that we should be able to, you know, um, at least be around that same mark, or you know, in you know, the bias to me says, um, got a good chance in all three games there, yeah, absolutely, Jam. Um, that's I suppose one thing to pick up on that Sunday game, like that'll be a theme of our season, Jam. Um, uh, so no Thursdays, no Fridays, um. Uh, so it'll be yeah Saturday afternoons, but vast majority of Sunday games. So we've been very much put on the uh, yeah graveyard shift, Jane. We're um, off um, prime time, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, fair enough. Given our performances, I think uh, yeah we have to be accountable for that. Um, and the uh, yeah the club as a whole, I'm sure sponsors aren't you know super keen about not being in prime time. Um, so uh, who knows what. You know, deals are going to be worked out there. But even like extending from that three, the next game, so game four, it's again at Marvel Stadium, so remaining in Melbourne. It's against the Giants, James, and I'd put us in with a real chance there if we can get our act together. 
Uh, it's a big if, of course. Um, but then it says it'll get tough the next, you know, six rounds, really. So we've got Melbourne, the Pies, uh, Geelong, Port, Brisbane, and then Richmond. Um, so, yeah, we'd really be wanting to, you know, win, I, I would say, you know, three out of the first four rounds. Um uh, because it'll probably get pretty tight, you know, those next uh, next six. I mean, uh, interestingly, so gather around us where everyone, uh, you know, plays in Adelaide, uh, so round five. So we'll play Melbourne in Adelaide. Um, obviously, the Pies at the G, uh, Cats at the G, Port in Adelaide, Brisbane at the Gabba, and Richmond at the MCG. So it's going to be pretty tough, um, I'd have to say. From there... We then have, um, you know, West Coast in Optus, and then uh, and then North um, at, at Marvel. Now, uh, a great thing about the uh, the fixed game. I mean, I guess it's on paper, so it doesn't mean anything until the season actually starts. You get to see what teams are doing. Um, but of the, I suppose, bottom ranked sides from this year, like we play North twice. That's a pretty good result. We played West Coast twice. Um, but we also play the Cats and um, Collingwood twice, um, as well as the Giants. Um, so, uh, you know, I think overall we've we've been pretty fortunate with that. Um, uh, so moving on through the season, uh, we'll have, yeah, Freo at Optus. So that's, you know, both Perth teams in Perth, um, which is pretty rough. But then we've got Adelaide. Uh, at Marvel, um, and the rest in Melbourne, except for the Giants for that second game in uh, Giants Stadium, round twenty-three. So, yeah, realistically, um, it's certainly not a harsh draw. Um, uh, you know, we're not, we're not traveling all the time. Yes, we do travel um, a bit, but not um, uh, not ridiculously so. So um yeah I think if we if we're serious and we knuckle down um yeah we might be with with a sniff um for the eight game I know that's being uh, <laughs> optimistic um but um yeah based on the draw uh, I think if we really give it every opportunity um yeah we do uh, we should have the opportunity to um uh, to push for the eight at least. Yeah, well, the thing is that um, one thing that stood out to me was that it looks like we are headed down to the Cattery, mate, during the regular season, um, mm. which uh, was a bit surprising for me. Um, so that's something that we haven't avoided. And that may as well be an interstate game, of <laughs> life, you know, when you play there. But, um, you know, I think overall... You know, when you finish down the bottom, you're supposed to get an easier draw. Mm. Uh, playing Geelong twice, I don't know about that. But, I mean, um, I still think overall it's a better draw than we had. Um, probably not, you know, for marketing. <laughs> and uh, they're going to do a bit of work. I think we've got five Saturday night games, right? So that's probably the only plus for the club. Um, they can get some exposure there. Mm. But it'll be about setting ourselves up for that 
yeah, hopefully to be in contention by round 16 for the eight because, you know, there might be some opportunities to, you know, get some more, you know, evening games, which, you know, obviously helps the club and its finances. And, mate, we saw that the club announced a, a profit of, I think it was 1.3, was it, mate? Yeah, that's it, mate. 1.3 million. So, um, yeah, it's certainly... We don't have to worry about surviving, you know, but uh, I'll be interested to see how much payout money comes out at 1.3, mate. Um, mm. There's a few payouts to be owed. Um, yeah, well, between the, you know, two CEOs um, and a coach, um, you know, I dare say that'll be our profits right there. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Uh, I still think, you know, the club bit the bullet and made the tough call and, you know, Still say a great move by Barham. Uh, I think he had to do it. Yep. Um, you know, as you said, you know, we just had to change. You know, I don't think any of us were optimistic of our future if everything stayed you know, the same. Yep. So uh, I'm glad tough calls were made, and you know, um, we might see we might not see the fruits of that immediately, but um, mm. I certainly think, you know. Much more obtainable than what it would have been. Yeah, you know, beta complete. So um, let's go to the AFLW, mate. Um, mm. They had their awards night, and it was great to see Matty Prasparkas, uh <laughs> not surprisingly, take out the Essendon best and fairest, mm. and uh, Bonnie Too Good was second. Uh, yeah, which is. Great, and then I think there's a couple of ties, mate, in the third spot. We've, um, I think Jackie Voigt, was it? Is that right? Ah, uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, and then so... um, oh, sorry, and also we then had um, uh, you know, the AFLW awards night, and Maddie became, oh, Maddie came fourth in their effectively like Bramland Medal, the you know, best of mm. for that comp, um. Which is pretty great effort. Uh, first year at a new club, and you know, an induction club at that. You know, uh, to you know, put up such a strong performance. Uh, uh, she clearly, you know, was our best player, and you know, was nearly the league's best player. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't know if you watched the acceptance speech, Jane, um, from Maddie Chris Marcus. Uh, it was pretty incredible. She spoke with such passion. Um, obviously loves the club a lot. Um, and it's an interesting insight into into the players and uh, you know, I guess what draws them their backgrounds. Because like as much as they, you know, we love watching them play on the field. They're obviously people in real life, Jane. They've got their own lives and everything like that. And she was <laughs> she was talking about um, you know, the manager having to uh, you know rein her in off the field. Um, yeah. You know, um, yeah, she must get up to a bit of mischief <laughs> off the field. Um, like I, and I kind of like that because, yeah, you know, that lets me know that, yeah, you know, she's a, uh, she's a real person. She's not just this, um, you know, super driven, uh, person on the field. Um, I guess everyone's got their own battles, and, um, yeah, if she likes to act up, likes to play hard, and or play hard, I guess is the case for a, um, <laughs> for an AFLW player. Um. Um, you know, it, it's kind of good to see that she's enjoying herself uh, both on and off the field um, and that she feels supported um, 
in the club, uh, which is yeah, which is uh, but he's fantastic. Um, yeah, and it didn't stop there. I mean, she was named um, vice captain in the you know twenty two under twenty two for the AFLW. So um, yeah, that's yeah the fourth year in a row she's been named in the um, AFLW twenty two under twenty two. So just um, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic year for me. We're so lucky to have her at the uh, Essendon Football Club. And, uh, yeah, long may she continue in the red and black, mate. Yeah. Now, um, I was just—I had a correction there, mate, for the, the top 10 of the best fairest. Um, so we had Mally Prasparkas with 98 votes. Bonnie Toogood with 71. I think that lines up with our bomber, well, our Don's cast middle votes, mate, for the OFW. Yeah, I'll have to... Uh, Bring it up. Question on notice. Oh. Yeah, well, get that ready because I'll continue. Um, third was Steph Kane, actually, and she had a great year as well uh, with 57 votes. Daria Bannister with 49 votes was four. Jackie Vott was 37 votes. Catherine Phillips was 34 votes. Stephanie well- Wales, sorry, was 33, and she was also our rising star vote, so she... Mm. Certainly best first-year player. and Georgia G with 29 votes. And Sophie Van Duhovel. <laughs> I always struggle with that name, mate. Help me out. Uh, Van Duhovel or something. Uh, yeah. 25 <laughs> votes. You, yeah, you struggle yeah. like me, mate. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, Paige Scott with 24, which is a great effort for a first-year player to finish in the top 10. Um, hmm. Yeah, so how did our game? That was our top 10, mate. I was, yeah, so we went, um, so uh, Presparkas, obviously. Uh, second was Bonnie Toogood. Yep. Third was Jackie Vought. Um, fourth so was we had her third and she was fifth in the club, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Daria Bannister was fourth for us. We got fourth and fourth, so that's right. Yeah, Amber Clark was fifth. Yeah, well, that's surprising because she didn't make the top ten of the club, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paige Scott was sixth. Yep. Uh, Stephanie Wales, seventh. Yeah. Catherine Phillips, eighth. Yeah. Sophie Alexander, ninth. And Georgia G, tenth in our yeah. Donscarth middle votes. So, do we have Steph Kane there? Or? Steph Kane was 11th, believe it or not. Oh, gee. We must have, uh, must have missed something, mate, because, um, oh, she was a good player. I, I don't know, mate. Sometimes it's also a bit of luck because we're only giving uh, our best three players, aren't we, mate? Yeah, yeah that's it. You know? yeah. So, like, he can be the best ball player, you know, 10 weeks in a row and it won't mm. get a vote. So, yeah. yeah, she may have been very consistent. Um, that's the other thing we don't take into account. But, you know, uh, overall, pretty close to the mark, mate, with that one. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, I've loved having, you know, been able to watch the AFLW, uh, went to a game. wasn't the greatest game I went to because I went to mm-hmm. play Casey out at Casey Fields, and yeah, it was a pretty lean day. It was probably wind, and um, you know, and also just a you know, I think we only scored a goal in one quarter, yeah, that's so it was it. tough watching. But um, yeah, you know, Melbourne, congratulations to them, or Casey, I should say, or Melbourne, sorry, they should have. Melbourne went on to win the um, AFLW flag, which mm. you know, uh. Looks like Brisbane jumped them, mate, and they were able to fight back and, and win their inaugural flag, which was a great effort. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, let's hope you know we can baby steps towards that, mate. With maybe a you know top eight finish next year. Uh, mm. So looking forward to that. Um, anything else you want to cover, mate, before we sign off on this one? No, I think that's uh, that's basically us for now. Um, you know, again, thank you to all those blitzers who get a lot of training and provide the training reports. Um, for all us, uh, you know, footy nuffies out there, um, it's great reading uh, about you know development of some players. Um, there was a bit of vision of you know, Anthony Mankara giving the don't argue to uh, Rhett Montgomery, uh, which I enjoyed watching. Rhett Montgomery probably didn't, but um, uh, it's just great to see that you know these blokes have got tricks. They're able to, you know. Uh, at least do them in training, and, and that's what training's about, mate. You you do it over and over again until you can perform on the big stage, and um, which is good to see. You um, you know you get different insights about there being so much more um, availability of development coaches out there. Um, there was one uh, one blitzer. Sorry, I forgot your name at this at this point, mate. But um, basically pointing out there was a point where. Um, uh, Oh geez, I forgot his name for a second there. Um uh Jake, what's the name of the backman? Um Jake Kelly. Jake Kelly, yeah. Um was basically taken out of a drill uh and was then made to work on ground ball drills. So basically picking up the grip the ball from the ground and handballing it out to the first option rather than slowing the play down. Um, which is fantastic. That's what more development coaches offer you, that ability to really hone in on certain players at certain times, take that time to focus on that that skill area. So they can, you know, rejoin the drills uh, with renewed focus, with a with a plan to sort of up their game in the in the long term. Um, so our investment into the development program is already paying dividends, um, at least on that side of things. I mean, it, it's it's left to be seen whether that'll, uh, you know, flow through to on field success. But I think that's a bloody good start um, from where we're at. You know, we're we're seeing videos of uh, you know Travis Cloak. You know, obviously, uh, yeah, he, he's had his moments of giving us nightmares in the past, Jane. And, um, you yeah, know, now he's, you yeah, know, the red and black as a development coach for us and, uh, yeah, going to be really important for our players. So it's um, it's great to, to see these reports. I mean, yeah, it seems like we always win the off-season, Jane, because everyone's flying and all the rest of it. But, um, uh, yeah, we continue to be, um, you yeah, know, sold that vision of hope. Uh, but now it's on the on the players, the coaches, um, to see uh, that hope flow through to uh, to hard work uh, towards you know, making meaningful change and uh, I suppose creating that winning culture that we've uh, we've lost for so long. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, you know what the rest of the process has got to give us, and hopefully we can put in much improved performances. Um, come the practice rounds and of course on to round one yeah so and I just want to say um, again thank you to all our guests who joined us mm. over the course of this season um, we really valued your contributions and uh, also our listeners wish everyone a happy and safe festive season and um, except for again, you Jake Jake's ring. <laughs> no, you can have a happy one, mate. You can have a happy one. Enjoy that. <laughs> Jakey's enjoyment all. But um, yeah, like yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, we really 
enjoy doing this pod. We might not be as polished as everyone's, um, uh, every other one, but again, um, we, we still like to discuss. And whilst we've still got a few listeners, mate, we'll probably keep going. So um, thank you, everyone, and look forward to discussing the Bombers in 2023. Until then, go Bombers. Go Dons.